I'm Ebony K. Williams, your attorney at law and host. Welcome to Holding Court, where we analyze the very latest legal headlines everybody's already talking about. We dig into how the courts impact the culture. We break it all down for you, and we go straight from gavel to your news feed. And I promise you this, y'all, every single week, we're going to keep it a buck, keep it 100. Right, Dustin Ross? That's right, Ebony. Let's go ahead and hold court. Let's do it. Dustin Ross, my dear, how was your weekend? Because I got some shit to tell you about mine, but you go oh, first. Well, let me hurry up then. <laughs> I had an amazing weekend, uh, had fun with friends, got a lot of work done. Now tell me every damn thing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, pippy uh-huh. with it. I like that. Uh-huh. Um, so I got my second Moderna shot. Last yes. Week. Okay, so praise God. No, thank you, sweetheart. And I'm very grateful, you know, yes. um, that vaccine is, is serious and I'm blessed to to feel like I'm in the number, right? Yes, yes Lord. It's about to be hot Auntie Summer. I know that's um, right. I'm just kidding. Uh, but look, I'm not. I can't wait not. to be a hot unk this summer. Okay? <laughs> Listen, the hottest kind they make. Yes. Um, <laughs> but I, I will say, just for people that are curious, you know, do be prepared to have a, a couple of days of downtime. You know what really? I mean? So, yeah. And it wasn't awful. So I don't want to create any hysteria around this, Dustin, because mm-hmm. there's a lot of the streets is talking. Uh, yeah. But this was my experience. So I got the shot. At 9.45 in the morning on Wednesday, right? Okay. So, okay. And I was feeling actually totally fine. Little, little uh, pro tip, be completely relaxed when they put that needle in your arm. Mm-hmm. Um, because that will impact whether how stiff your arm will be the following 48 hours. My oh. first shot, I was a little bit anxious doing too much. And that my arm hurt like a bitch for yeah. the next two days. Like I couldn't even sleep on it. Yeah. This time, just took a nice, cool, deep breath, looked away. Much better arm reaction, just a little bit of stiffness. Well, that's good to know. Which was great. Yeah. Um, then I had to go directly to studio to film my new look for my Roni confession. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. I'm going to text you the look actually right now. Yes, please. I do. don't say anything, does <laughs> But I can react, correct? But you can, I can react. react. But just you can no react. Details. Okay. No details. No details. Oh, this is going to be fun. Wonderful. We got a live reaction, baby. Yeah. This On is air. Good. On air. Okay. I can't so wait this to is see this it. is look three. Okay, just got it. Opening <gasps> now. Okay, now you know what. Here's the <laughs> thing. Here's the thing. <laughs> okay, because because I literally can't say anything about what you're wearing because it would give. Because you away. know what that is, right? Absolutely. You know exactly and, and, what, and that what is. I will say is, this is exactly why you are the perfect person Aww. to hold that apple, and that's what I'll say. And when people see this, yeah. it will make sense to them. That was ebony. Very intentional, obviously, for all the obvious reasons. Yes, right? Ebony. <laughs> and there are several reasons. Several. Okay. Listen, you, and you already know the vibes, right? So this was Love a luxury. It. Love it. Uh, I was excited about it. It came together just like I had, you know, visioned in my head. So mm. I was excited. Mm. But back to the uh, vaccine, you know, yes. I was nervous because I'm like, oh, shit, am I going Am I going to start fading? <laughs> but but I didn't. I didn't. I actually, you know, kept my energy up. I was feeling pretty good okay. um, throughout the, you know, three, four hour confessionals because people don't know. Like, that's not like a little 15 minute interview. No, we it's film, a day. Yeah, that's a full day experience. Now, this is when it starts to get dicey. Um, I actually ha- went out to dinner with someone. I okay. was still feeling fine. About 11, 12 o'clock that night, shit got real. Yeah, shit got real. Uh, Your girl was getting um, the sweats, the cold chills, the really heavy fatigue. I was like, oh, damn, here it comes. But that was really the worst of it. The next day, just took it easy, hydrate, uh, not trying to do too much. And within 24 hours, when I woke up Saturday morning, Dustin, Mm Mm-hmm. I felt like a superhero. I seriously, and I've heard that. I've heard that like once you get through the little down period, it's almost like you get an immunity boost. So I felt better Saturday morning than I felt physically in about a month. Wow. Okay. Well, that's good to know for me because my second shot is coming up um, in less than a week here. Oh, crazy. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm about to be fully vaxxed in this bitch. And I cannot wait because we're going outside, Ebony. It's yes, yes. I'm excited. And so, uh, yes, very, very cool. So that was most of my weekend. So I wasn't really doing shit, but um, recovering from my second dose, but very, mm-hmm. very, very much worth it. So. Yes, Lord. Shout out to Modern Medicine, Science, Resources, 
and just blessings in general. Thank you. Blessings on blessings on blessings. Um, so let's dive into this docket because we got a, a really, really dope one today. Jurors, yes, we um, do. go ahead. You know, today I'm actually going to recommend you pull out a little notepad, little pen situation because <laughs> Dustin and I are going to be really giving some practical gems um, That's right. throughout these headlines. I'm excited about this stuff, Dustin. All right. So first up, Miss Berry, Miss Berry. Halle Berry. Halle Berry. Halle Berry. Okay. So if you go back and remember our More Money, More Problems episode of Holding Court, we did a deep dive on Hallie's child support issues, how she felt like it was basically extortion mm-hmm. because of the um, extreme amount of money she was paying to her ex. Go revisit that episode to get the full tea. Yes. We have an update, though, on what's going on with Hallie's child support case, and it's an important one. This is where you want to take note, jurors, because it can apply to you so we're going to get yes. into that. Also, uh, Willow Smith, uh, of course, a daughter of, of Will and Jada and all that good jazz. Mm-hmm. She has successfully been able to get a restraining order. And if you've ever tried to get one, you know it's not easy. Yeah. So I want to go through how Willow was successful in ways that everyday people tend to not be able to. And of course, her celebrity is a part of it. But there's actually more to it even than just that. So we're going to get into that. Okay. Uh, we got a lot of legislative things we want to break down today, D. New York State, rather, being probably going to end up being uh, the first place to end qualified immunity, uh, mm, which huge. is um, incredible. Yeah, big, big, big deal. So we want to get into that with New York City Council. Um, also, New York State, Cuomo's ass, you know, he doing yeah. some things up there in Albany. Uh, I do think in this case it's a positive thing, but we got to get into the weeds as to the time. Timing, the timing of mm. New York State uh, finally legalizing recreational cannabis. Uh, we can all agree that's a wonderful thing, but Cuomo's ass ain't slick. We're going to yeah. get into it in a minute. And then reparation, which you know is something that everybody's been talking about, Dustin, for a hot minute now. It's a hot topic. And it looks like the city of Evanston, Illinois, right outside of Chicago, will actually be the first American city to actually pay out cash out on the issue of reparation. So we got a lot to get into. Yes, we do. Uh, Let's go ahead and get started. Okay, so first up on the docket is the issue of reparations. Um, As I teased, Evanston, Illinois, and if you don't know where that is, it's right outside of Chicago, Mm -hmm. has voted. Their city council has voted eight to one. And I'm going to tell you about that one vote in a minute. Yeah, um, but, the one? Oh, I'm going to tell you about your girl. So mm-hmm. eight to one voted last week to actually approve a distribution of $400,000. And I know that does not sound like a lot of money because it's not. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I have a theory on this, Dustin. So $400,000 has been appropriated to eligible black residents um, through what they're deeming as like housing awards. So $25,000 to each recipient. And that money can be used for home repairs, for down payments for a home, for mortgage payments, and things of that nature. And and they picked the housing, Dustin, because Evanston in particular, um, like many other places in the country, right, had egregious redlining housing discrimination laws in the Jim Crow South post-emancipation that kept black people very intentionally boxed out of home ownership opportunities. And we all, yeah, you know, and we all know now um, that home ownership is really one of the entry points and gateway opportunities to building generational wealth. So because, yeah, because our people, our ancestors were flagrantly denied those opportunities, that is part of the explanation as to why we've got the wealth gap that we have today with black people only having a 10th of the wealth of our white counterparts. Um, Mm. So for me, Dustin, I got to say, I I like that the reparations is fueled in this particular capacity because- I do too. Yeah. The reality is, you know, we see how folks acting with these stimulus checks, right? (laughs) So, I mean, can we just be honest? Like, (laughs) Just imagine, girl, what they're going to do. If they mess around with the STEMI, wait till they get that reppy. Okay. That reppy. When you I just tell you, folks, twenty five thousand dollar cash checks. Oh, when nah. I tell you, nah. Hmm. Well, okay. So this is a step in the right direction. I don't know how many steps we're gonna take. If it's twenty five thousand dollar grants, it's a total of four hundred thousand dollars. That's about twelve families, right? Yeah, it's a very small amount. Yeah. Um, it's a very small number of people that this will directly impact on on the onset. But, but you just said something very important, Dustin Ross. Mm-hmm. You said it's a step. In the right direction. Yeah. And I really need people to sit and understand what process means and looks like. 
because that's exactly what it is. I think that's what it's intended to be. And I think that a step in the right direction is better than zero steps at all, which is where we've been on the issue of reparations. So let's talk about your friend uh, that voted against it. Uh, I said it was a vote of eight to one. So mm-hmm. one one city council person was voting against it. And that was the good sis Alderwoman Cicely Fleming. So Alderwoman Fleming, Dustin, is speaking about how she voted against it because, quote, it wasn't honoring my ancestors. And I was very intrigued by that headline. So I'm like, let me listen to this interview. So she basically says, Dustin, that she feels like, yes, it's a, it's good for housing. But when you talk about reparations, she wants to see something more holistic, more comprehensive, something that's not just about housing, but also includes, you know, education, other uh, health care, all these other ways in which black people have obviously and, and consistently been economically injured okay. uh, as a result of discrimination. Now, of course. Yes. Yeah. Obviously. I want a million dollars. But the right. thing is, we got to do what we got to do. Great big ideas, girl. But yeah. we have to do what we have to do right now. So. Yeah. And no. And listen, she's she's earned her right on the city council. It's it's indeed her right to, to vote how she sees fit. But in the interview, D, it, it sounded a bit like semantics to me, because yeah. at one point she literally says, like, housing. Yes. Reparations. No. I mean, tomato, tomato, sis. Right. Like, what are we talking about here? Are we? Is if what we're talking about is fueling any and all economic resources towards the closing of the wealth gap, the empowerment of the economic purse of Black yes, families and communities? Means. Let's just get on with the shit, right. you know. And all this four hundred thousand dollars is, which is not a lot, as you've conceded, as I've conceded, but it's a step. Shit, who mm-hmm. among us couldn't do a little something, something with twenty five thousand dollars? Right. Okay, so I, I really want for the bigger picture. This is not just uh, targeted to this one councilwoman. I just want all of us as Black folk to keep some perspective in mind as we start to see. Because I do predict that, Dustin. I think we're going to start seeing slowly but surely more and, uh, more, of what this. Et- more, and more of this. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And and I think we need to be a little careful, right, not to want to cut off our noses despite our face. Yes. In this reparations. Uh, journey because it is that it is a journey. It is going to be an extended process. This is not going to be uh, a open and shut, one and done type of situation. No, not at all. Right, where Black Americans are walking around with a seventy-five thousand dollars stimulus check apiece and just out here popping off. Right. That's not going to be the way it looks. Personally, I don't think that's the way it should look. Because frankly, I know me. I'll speak for myself. I'm a spender. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> no shame in my game. I'm a spender. And I think a lot of us are. Uh, and I think it is best that we really assess the systemic places where that money, our money, because it is, let's be clear, this is the money off of the backs of the blood that courses through our veins. That's it is right. owed to us. Our money now needs to be invested in targeted ways that can have a long-term benefit to the generational wealth gap. I think that's obvious. I mean, which is essentially what we would want anyway in this scenario, right? The point of reparations would be to fix what was messed up. And there are certain, certain areas where we are obviously at a disadvantage and we could use some help. We could use a boost in that moment. And housing is definitely one of them for all the reasons that you just named. So Mm -hmm. I think this is a good, a good thing. And reparations is something that has to be imagined. It has to be conceptualized. It has to be designed to have the right impact on our community as black Americans. So it's not going to be just a money grab that I don't know. I'm not saying that's what she's saying it should be. And I'm not. Yeah. No, I'm not sure. But, yeah, but I don't that think ain't what it's going to be. Okay. No. And for so, anybody that's got that in your head, go ahead and control all delete that shit. Please. It ain't going to, it is not going to happen like that. And like you said, back to the point, Dustin, of it's a step in the right direction. Evanston's already conceded that too. This is a, a broader restorative housing program yes. that, that's at play here. And this 400 K it's the first initiative in a $10 million distribution. And even that 10 million is a small number. So yes. it's just going to be a part of a bigger and bigger and bigger pie. Um, and that's it. Listen, the eligibility, you talked about the only the 16 households that qualify based off the current requirements. And listen, they are a little limited. And I, I say that uh, a limited number of black residents to qualify because to get the 25K, the resident themselves in Evanston or their ancestors 
have to have lived in Evanston between these years, 1919 and 1969. That's a small window, mm-hmm. right? And that's part of the reason why uh, Alderman Fleming voted against it, she says, is because, you know, again, that's so narrow. And I get it. She's not wrong on that. But I, I would just employ um, other uh, uh, elected officials as they also start to vote on these types of programs you know, just consider the big picture and always remember, you know, these things are just small steps towards right. a much bigger reparations goal. Absolutely. And let's not get caught up in semantics because right. that works against us. All right. So next up on the docket. Oh, child, Cuomo's ass. Okay. New York, state of New York. Um, and I ain't never really fuck with Cuomo. That's just me. But just on the uh, record. Just on the, listen, what's this thing called? Holding court okay. on the record. Okay. There you go. So last week, uh, a lot of breaking news, rightfully so, looks like New York State finally is going to now be the 15th state in the country to legalize recreational cannabis use for legal residents over the age of 21, 21 and older, I should say. Okay. Uh, House uh, legislators are going to vote on that soon. And once they do, that's what it's going to be. New York's going to be legal weed, uh, and it's going to be great in terms of... $350 $350 million a year uh, of tax revenue going to be coming into the state. That's great. Mm-hmm. Things we can do with that. They're saying that the reason that this took so long, now this is where it gets political, right? Because okay. all roads go back to the money, follow the money. Yes. The reason that this took so long, Dustin, is there, you know, they wanted to make sure that some of the things in the legislation were targeted towards restoring the rights um, and positions of people that look like me and you that yeah. were obviously disproportionately impacted by the criminalization of cannabis in the first place. Yes. So in short, they want to make sure that black and brown folks who were locked up and harmed by the criminalization of weed in the first place, basically get some sort of reparations around this, you know, it's, it's essentially what's happening. Mm-hmm. And I love that. Critical. Yeah. Totally critical. I think it's very, very important. Great. So they're talking about the fact that the, um, a lot of the portion of the money and benefits of the legal cannabis are going to go towards equity programs that'll include loans and grants and incubator programs, training programs, again, for those that that were disproportionately affected by the criminalization of cannabis. Okay, great. Okay. What took so fucking long, right? Right. Because this is New York state. Um, In my opinion, Dustin, you know, we both are New York residents. We should be on the vanguard. Of all things, right? Progressive politics, all things that push the culture forward. Yes. Why are we number 15? Because Cuomo's full of shit. And the only reason, and listen, back to pragmatics. I'm glad it happened. Don't get me wrong. But the only reason this is finally happening, Dustin, is because Cuomo is pulling some wag to dog shit. He's fighting for his political life right now. Yes, As he faces not one, but two Massive scandals. One, of course, uh, of the several women, many of whom worked for him directly, who have accused him now of sexual assault. Yeah, uh, I think that, I think he's up to seven or eight accusers now. I mean, and and a lot of these women, Dustin, not for nothing. I'm not saying he did or didn't do it because I wasn't there, and he, okay. you know, we don't try cases here on Holy Court, but a lot of these uh, women's stories do have credibility to them to me. Um, so that still remains to play out, and. The nursing home scandal, where it's looking as if Governor Cuomo and his office were at best erroneous and reckless in the reporting of exactly how many elderly residents of New York State died during COVID and what Uh was done to them and their bodies. So it's a mess. Cuomo's in a mess. Again, he's fighting for his political life. There's calls for resignation and impeachment, not just from Republicans, but from Democrats too, many in his own party. For um, sure. And, and what a, what a great time. What a great time <laughs> to finally do your fucking job. Right? I mean, it's a, it's a literal smoke screen. You know what I mean? <laughs> At this point, that's literally what this is. And Hey, I'm all about the legalization. Of oh, I like cannabis. what you just did there. Smoke. Like I'm a little that? slow. You like that? Smoke you like screen. That? Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Dustin I was Ross. waiting for it. I knew it was going to land. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I, I, but I, I, I love most the fact that this program will, um, will allow the records to be expunged yes. of the people who have, who have these sort of charges against them. Um, that's what's most attractive about this to me outside of the legal cannabis. Obviously, I want to do a backflip down the street. 
But <laughs> I love most the fact that these yeah. people will have their records expunged, have a chance to get back into society and do their thing without that over them as a burden. So I love, love, 100%. love that about this. Yes. Yeah. And that's but a we big woke. deal. We but know we why it's happening, yeah. but I'm just saying. Yeah. No, but you're focusing on what's important. And I'm glad you brought us right back there because the expungement is indeed to me legally the most important part. Yes. Here's why. Because even though we can say now the cultures move the needle and one would like to assume that as formally convicted uh, individuals that have to wear cannabis convictions, misdemeanor or felony, people mm -hmm. would say, oh, well, you know, the culture has shifted. The, this is now an acceptable part of American society. It doesn't move like that. People don't necessarily work like that. So to have a legal mechanism, which is what expungement is, okay, right, that literally right. removes it in its entirety from the arrest to the conviction to the sentencing, all of it's gone off the record. Now people, Dustin, get a truly clean slate. I love that. that it's important. So yeah. Yeah. Because I get this question, you know, one of these days we're going to do a deep dive on expungements on holding court okay. because there's a lot of confusion about expungements. Um, and listen, I know all about them because I've had one myself. Okay, okay. Yes. Trust and believe that. True uh, to this. Not true to this. this. Ahead. Never new to this. Uh, honey, <laughs> ask the streets about me. Okay. Uh, you know, I had, your girl had some sticky fingers when she was 17 in I Durham, you, North Carolina. I don't know what the fuck I was thinking about, Dustin. It was a hot ass mess, but you I know, ended up having. It happens to the best of us. Oh my God. I ain't stole shit since though. I won't even mm -hmm. steal. You know, when you go to the 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 Chick-fil-A and they give you the cup and you just man, it's water for me, dog. It's water for okay. me. I'm getting water, y'all. Everybody so y see know. this water? Shoot. <laughs> not no sprite, not no every, lemonade. Ever you said never again. Do you never hear me? again. Um okay. so back to expungements. Yeah, a lot of people think that once you get convicted of something and you serve your time or you Whatever, pay your penalty if it's a misdemeanor or whatever, then, okay, go get an expungement. Oh, no, 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 no. Mm -mm. You actually have to get the subsequent underlying charge dismissed. That's the only way traditionally you qualify for an expungement. Okay. So I was able to get an expungement, and I'll tell this story in detail on when we do an episode about expungements, because I was qualified for a diversion program. Okay. Uh, and that diversion program allowed me to do community service and then ultimately get my charges of misdemeanor larceny dismissed. Then once it was dismissed, then I was able to get my expungement. Back to what's going on with this new legalization of cannabis, as you say, Dustin, people that, that they basically will not ever have those charges dismissed. But because of this new legislation, they will have an actual expungement. Thank and you, that God. is so yes. important. So important for employment reasons. Yes. It's important for housing reasons. Yes. It's important for mortgage reasons. Um, a it lot just of people, gets a lot of those roadblocks out of the way. Yes. You know what I mean? And it makes yes. you have the, the ability to function in society as a normal citizen without having to work around this mountain of problems just because of a mistake that you made back in the day. So, yeah. It was deemed a mistake that yesterday and now is, you know, all yeah. systems go. Celebration right. part of yeah. American Fuck society. All Clean all that up. Yeah. Clean all those cases up expunge all those records, and then let's move forward with the legalization of this. So, yes. Yes, yes, yes. All right. So with that, listen, Dustin, you know, we got to take, take a little break, pay a couple of bills. Um, this show doesn't pay for itself. We've got a lot more holding court right after this. All right, y'all, welcome back to Holding Court. All right, now let's get into the restraining order of it all. Mm. Uh, who gets them, how you qualify for them, and exactly uh, what's going on with this. So Willow Smith, she recently was granted a restraining order against um, a stalker, essentially, uh, and who was later found out to be a registered sex offender mm. who literally, Dustin, tried to break into this young lady's home. Here's what? here's what went down. Yeah, so Willow was being stalked by this individual, uh, his name is Walter James Whaley. Uh, sound like a stalker. Doesn't that sound like what, like a serial killer? They always got them kind of names. Walter them three James. names. The middle yeah. school. They sound like a middle school. Walter James Whaley Middle School. Like that. They sound like a middle school. Ah! The stalkers always got them school names. Go ahead. <laughs> that is hysterical. Okay. So, yes, he was stalking Willow online, just doing the most. You know, oh, uh, we're going to get married. We're going to have kids. We're going to do this. I love mm -hmm. you. Love of my life. We belong together. Da, 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 da. Um, and you know, that in and of itself is scary, 
But then he had to go do the fucking most when he got his ass on a Greyhound bus and traveled from Oklahoma to California and literally. It's not funny. So I'm sorry. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> but this man has, what in the hell is wrong with these people? Can you believe? I mean, I'm sure he packed a little snack bag and I everything. Mean, made a day trip. I, I just, I can't, but go ahead. <laughs> but that's a long ass way too. Oklahoma yes. to California? Yes. Oh on God. a bus. On the Greyhound. Okay, listen. Too much. Very scary though, really. And to because here's what's scary. For someone to go through all of that, the determination that they have to make contact with you scary. is terrifying. Yes. Absolutely. So he did all of this and then somehow, some way, found her address because that's the society we live in. Everything's available online some kind mm. of way. And was actually trying to break into Willow Smith's home her actual house. And this was uh, in December of last year. Like I said, initial contact was on social media. He was harassing her with all this shit. And then it turned physical when he actually got his ass on that bus and tried to break into her house. Now, because she's Willow Smith, she's got some shit that the rest of us don't have, like a security team, right? And security cameras all around her compound home. So she was able, her team was able to get footage that actually shows this crazy ass Whaley trespassing on her property after he hopped a fence and was trying to break into her actual fucking house. So Damn. with that evidence, see, this is what she was able to do though, Does I want people to pay attention to this because she had that piece of very compelling evidence that says, your honor, here is physical proof that this person is trespassing on my legal property and endangering me. That is why she was able to be issued a temporary restraining order telling his ass, Whaley, to stay at least 100 yards away from Willow Smith and cease all communication. Right. I'm breaking it down like this because I get this question a lot, Dustin. I've always gotten this question a lot from men and women, to be clear. Mm-hmm. How do you deal with a stalker? Because if you've ever had one, and I have had one, and I'm going to tell the story in a minute. Okay. You can go on to Google to see more details. Okay. It can be very difficult. It is not as simple as you would think. You do not just get to go down to the courthouse um, or the police station and say, oh, my God, this person is harassing me, calling me, DMing me, stalking me to uh, nonstop. Give me a restraining order and you get a restraining order. It does not work like that. You have to prove so much. Now, Mm. going back to Willow and then we'll come back to me in a minute. Um, what happened was just recently, a couple weeks ago, she, because she had that evidence, she was able to, uh, get that restraining order because she said she, you know, she was concerned for her safety. And again, she had the evidence on March 3rd, uh, LA County Sheriff's department tweeted that Whaley has now been arrested and he was arrested for the trespass because that's an actual criminal activity. Good. Okay. Um, but see how much happened. In order for her to get that, yeah, that needs to be restraining changed. order. There, there needs to be some changes made because if you, you're not always going to have access to certain proof. I guess physical proof like that. Right, there right. need to be some changes because that's something that is made to protect people. It's, it's something that is literally put in place as a protect. It's literally called an order of protection, right? Right. So, right. so this is something that needs to be more easily accessible for people that need it. Um, it really does, Dustin, yeah. because what's happened historically, and I've seen this back when I was practicing law in North Carolina in particular, that often by the time you you qualify to actually get the protective order, the damage has been done. Yeah, I was going to say, you'd be damn near dead. You're almost uh, dead. No, that's- what they require. Like, come on. I mean, and that's not even you being, uh, using hyperbole. I'm telling right, you, right. I've literally seen that where literally, especially in domestic violence cases, right? But not always mm. just DV, even stranger uh, stalking and they're different. And I'm going to break down the differences in a minute. Take your pens and paper out, y'all. In domestic violence or in stranger, often by the time you finally meet the requirements of this burden of proof, you've got the evidence. They've, they've broken into your home. They've done the underlying crime that is required. Let's just go to New York right quick. Okay. New York requires if you're if because there's two types of restraining orders in New York. The first is kind of like what applies to a person you don't know or have any personal dealings with. Okay. That is a criminal court judge can then issue a restraining order, but only after the arrest of some other crime. 
So like in this case, Ooh. the trespass. Okay. You know what I mean? But absent that, Willow, even Willow Smith doesn't get a restraining order. And that's the problem. So until they have done something egregious like break into your home or try to or vandalize your car or do something like that to get arrested for and then you qualify for the granting of a protection order, you're short. That makes no sense because the whole point of getting the order is so that those types of things don't happen. It's terrible. Now, the other kind you can qualify for in New York, and this is tends to be more common, unfortunately, is the one related to domestic violence. And so this is where a family court. And so this is a spouse or a former spouse or a domestic partner or a ch- someone that you have a a um, a living type of situation with or other partnership. So, okay. you know, child, parent, uh, something like that. That time, that kind allows you to qualify in New York State family court, and they don't have to have that underlying crime to be arrested because you're not even in criminal court. You're mm. actually in family court. Okay. Um, and so the sadly, the the burden of proof to qualify for a restraining order in DV still high because um, you have to show pattern and other things, but it can tend to be a little easier to get one in domestic violence situations than it can be in typical criminal court, which is where you would go if it's like a stranger stalker or someone you don't know. Um, it's a mess. Now, a workaround can be if you can prove that your stranger stalker, because that's what I had, is, like I said, legally stalking you because stalking mm-hmm. is a crime. But let me tell you what New York requires, Dustin. Again, it's a lot. You have to prove that it's likely that uh, there is a reasonable fear of harm to your physical health or safety or property by this third party uh, and that that individual has been told specifically to stop to stop. So you have to prove that. Right. So now you have to have, I don't know, an email or a voice recording or something uh, where that person has been clearly informed to cease the conduct. Okay, And what kind of conduct are we talking about, Dustin? Telephoning, initiating contact on social media or at your place of employment or business Mm -hmm. and blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Now, let me tell you my little story right quick. And how I still didn't even end up getting the protective order, although I did try. Okay. So this was back when I was still working at Fox News Channel and WABC Radio. I had this crazy ass stalker. This man somehow, some way got the, ad- I guess it's not that hard. He got the address to my workplace, to the radio station at the time, WABC. He okay. was sending gifts and shit like Pandora bracelets and all kinds of notes and cards and candy and shit. Like you're my wife and we're going to have a family and I don't, like very scary stuff. And then it got scarier D when I got a letter from him at my actual then apartment, because now this is actually where I live. Oh, and no. I felt so vulnerable and see, that's why I believe in strapping up. That's another yep. episode of holding court. Yep. But um, <laughs> I no, I really did. I felt like a sitting duck. I felt very vulnerable and I felt helpless. So I went to New York PD. I actually called them from the radio station because by like the third or fourth time, he had sent something to the job. Then he came, Dustin. He brought his ass. Yes. He was based in Ohio because the postmark from the shit he was sending. Mm -hmm. He bought his ass to Penn Station, where basically where the damn radio station is, WABC Mm -hmm. in um, Midtown. Mm-hmm. That Madison Square Garden mm-hmm. and hand delivered one of the packages. And no, so they got didn't. him. Mm-hmm. So they had him on the surveillance camera. So now I'm thinking I have evidence. I'm thinking I'm in a Willow Smith situation. Nope. Because that was my place of business and not my home. They said it didn't qualify in the same way. And Get so out of here. The motherfucker no, a, then came to New York from Ohio. He's come with to this New shit. York from Ohio with and this they shit. Will, they will not they will not recognize that as as an action of stalking it was kind of a mess so but but they did come to the police station we took a report i had to put a statement on record which i was all too happy to do my co-host at the time had to put a statement on record because he was right there beside me when we got the raggedy scary shit Mm -hmm. so this all happened fast forward my book comes out oh and they said they said you know we'll we'll keep and basically we'll keep a lookout for him you know, okay, thanks. That makes me feel a lot Man. better. But they would not give me a protective order. Fine. Fast forward a few months. Pretty Powerful comes out. I go on a book tour pre-COVID, right? 
Mm-hmm. So I, one of my stops was in the fabulous ATL. Okay. Okay. And I'm at the Barnes and Noble in Buckhead. Mm-hmm. And I'm signing books, Dustin, and it's a lovely celebration. Got sorority sisters there. Got folks from, you know, back in the day, law school, you know, just general public that, you know, looking forward to me. It's a joyous occasion, really exciting and positive. Yeah. And then this man comes up to the table and he just says, Ebony, I'm such and such, such and such. And I, my, my heart dropped because I immediately knew who he was. And he was like, will you sign my book? And I bought this for you. And it was some stinking ass flowers. And I said, um, I said, and you know, I don't know what to do. I'm thinking, stay calm. Don't cause a scene. That'll make it worse. So I'm I'm cool. I'm like, oh, okay. And I signed the book and I said, you know what? Let me, um, this pen is working, running dry. Let me get another pen. I'll be right back. And I calmly got up, smiled, went over to the security because there was an onsite security and I let them know the situation. Then they came. And detained him. I went straight to the back. They told me to go to the back of the Barnes and Noble. So book signing over. You know, coins on the table. All of that's messed up. I'm scared to death. I'm like so nervous. It's nighttime. Oh, it was crazy, Dustin. I'm so sorry. So I'm in the back waiting this shit out. They detain him. They call Atlanta PD. I actually have a picture of this. I'm going to send it to you um, after the show. Mm-hmm. And they do arrest him. Because see what happened? He had to go that far. He had to travel from Ohio to Atlanta, confront me in person to the point where I had literal reasonable fear for my life. And now they finally arrested his ass. But that's a lot. Yeah, because Meanwhile, you were so you could, vulnerable. Like, yes. I mean, he yeah. could have had a gun. He could Who knows? It's, it's Barnes and Nobles. It's not the airport. Right. Exactly, Ebony. There were no, no no protocol in place or anything to like protect you in that case. This motherfucker was obviously a nutcase. And the, the fact that he traveled from uh, Ohio to New York and now Ohio to Atlanta to, to have physical contact with you. And that it took all of that and you still weren't able to get a fucking restraining order. Like this is just. And I hear it every day. And that's what's sad is, is I don't think I'm special. It wasn't just me. People every day, men and women cannot get restraining orders. And it's something I'm a fierce advocate for D we have got to relax those laws so that people that feel they are in danger can get a fucking restraining order because that's what it's for. That's literally what it's for. Unbelievable. Crazy, Ebony, man. Let's move on to Halle Berry. Halle Berry. <laughs> yes. Yes, right? Okay. So, again, go back to the episode of Holding Court where we talk about more money, more problems, and you will hear the complete breakdown of where Halle started speaking out publicly about the fact that she felt she was being uh, extorted by her ex, uh, the father of her first child, with the child support. Halle was paying $16,000 a month. For child support, yes, for her oldest daughter. And then she said this in quote, this was on social media, Instagram. I feel if a woman or a man is having to pay support that is way more than the reasonable needs to help support, that's in caps, the child, I think this is wrong. I understand some parents, man or woman, may need help. But I also feel that in these modern times, both men and women have the responsibility to financially take care of their children and work hard and make every effort to do so. The way many laws are set up, people are allowed to use, in caps, children, in order to be awarded money to live a lifestyle, okay, that not only they did not earn, right, but that is way above and beyond the child's reasonable needs, and that is the wrong caps. And that's where I see the abuse. The laws are outdated and no longer reflect the modern world. This is just my opinion. I clearly don't own the truth. I can say I'm living it every day and I can tell you it's hard. I do totally understand the feelings of those men who feel they have been taken advantage of by the system. Now, that's a lot, right? And we don't normally hear very much from Halle Berry in regards to her personal life. No, not at all. Notoriously private. Notoriously private, but not so much these days. I said, I guess Halle said, I'm about 55. Fuck it. I don't care no yeah, more. We see it her and her boo. We're seeing, you know, she's speaking out about things that she feels are not right. Yes. Uh, and personally, you know, listen, I'm here for it. So as a result of her 
bringing this issue up, and I'm sure she consorted with her legal team, she was actually able to get that 16000 D cut in half. Half, and Eddie. Half. That's right, Eddie. Half. That's half, right. Mr. <laughs> Fuck You Man. Uh, I, I live for Raw. Oh, my God. Okay, Classic. so. <laughs> yeah, so she was able to literally get her child support payments cut in half. And that is not easy. That is a massive legal win for Halle Berry. And so this is, again, why I told you how to get that damn notebook and pen out. How yep. did she do it? What happens is you go in and you ask the court for a modification, okay? A modification to an existing order. And you base the, you have to have a basis. You can't just be asking for one for no reason. The right. court will say, why should we modify? Why should we change what we've already agreed to? And in Hallie's case, and it's typically going to be the requirement in a child support case like this or spousal support, you've basically got to show that you're in a different financial position than you were when the original order was implemented. Okay. So essentially, Hallie's saying, I don't make what I made in 2012. It was reported back when the 16000 a month was granted that she was making about almost $5 million, $4.7 million just in nine months, so not even ah, a year. Damn. Yeah, she's cashing out. Listen, it pays, it literally, it pays to be Halle Berry. <laughs> yes, it, it does. Get that together. Um, versus the ex uh Boyfriend Gabriel Aubrey, he was only making one hundred and ninety-two thousand or so in that same time period. Okay. So the court basically said, your income compared to his income means that we feel sixteen thousand a month is appropriate for Nala's expenses. Now Halley's able to go in, must be the case, and say, I'm not making the four point seven million that I was in twenty twelve. Let's knock this down. And she was able to clearly successfully prove that her income has lowered. And as such, the payments she's responsible for should be lower. That's a big deal. Good for Holly Berry. That man tried to take our damn money. We all saw what it was for what it was. Absolutely. And didn't it now, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Ebony, but didn't she say at one point in time, at one point in time, it made like racial slurs toward her and stuff? Yeah, Wasn't I kinda, that a part of all this? I kind of do remember that. I'm a little fuzzy on the details, yeah. but I do I do think I recall something along those lines. It yeah, was, I remember it was that. definitely sus. It's it something some going, on shit going on here. So on let's cut ass. that money all the way down. Let's re let's reexamine that eight. Now that we listen, hear, you and know don't what I'm saying? you better trust and believe her legal team will be doing that, doesn't? That's yeah. how modifications work. Once you once you see that you are able to be successful, then you continue to start that. Now, what's going to be hard though is, you know, and then at some point the the court can get hip to it. And I, and I don't think this is where Halle Berry is doing it anyway, but some people do start intentionally suppressing their income. Okay. Right. Oh, okay. okay you know what okay. I mean? You, yeah. you know the vibes and, and they start that, that shady shit. Yeah. Like, oh my God, your honor, I was making three fifty a year and now I'm making 42. I don't yeah. know what happened. Yeah. Um, and at some point the, the court can order you to increase employment, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so you got to be careful with that. So don't go too far with this shit, jurors. Right. But, um, <laughs> but that's, but that is how that works. That, that if you feel that you are paying an exorbitant amount of child support, mm-hmm. uh, that is unfair or it, it, as Hallie calls it abuse, uh, and extortion, go ahead and get your legal team to consider filing for a modification on the basis of your income decreasing or the other basis I always see in court, Dustin is that the other parent, their income has increased. Mm, Find that out. Okay. Okay. How, how, how you doing over there? Right. You know let's what I mean? All, let's, let's dig into everybody's pocket. See, see Listen, where everybody is right now. You okay. got to check in. You got to check in. Have they gotten married? Do they have additional income that they have access to? That could lower your child support payments. Check well, in. that's comforting because at least I know that can feel really damning when you have a judgment like that placed against you or a child support order, I should say, mm-hmm. placed against you that's so heavy like that. And, and heavy can look very different depending on, you know, a person's financial stature in life. So mm-hmm. I love the fact that this option exists and I encourage everyone who is a part of that system to explore it and don't take advantage of it because you still have to support your baby. Okay. Correct. You know what I mean? This isn't a personal thing, but yes. it's something worth taking a look at for sure. I love it. I love it. Uh, Dustin Ross always keeping it a buck. So listen, y'all, we're going to take another quick break. Uh, but when we come back, we're going to get straight to New York City, actually being the first city in the country 
to have a proper qualified immunity bill. We're going to take a all look right. at it, break it all the way down for you. Put your hands together for New York. New York's on fire, this Got to say, yes, not yes. for nothing. Okay, we're going to come back to holding court in one minute. All right, y'all, welcome back to Holding Court. Uh, as I tease in the top of the show, New York City, uh, really turning up, really turning up this week. Come uh, on, New, New York. York. Yeah, New York City Council uh, has really come through with a vote to end qualified immunity for police officers. Um, yes. This is, I'm putting my hands together. Clap it up. Clap it up. This is a very big deal, Dustin. Uh, just last Thursday, New York City Council voted on various aspects of police reform. And one of the most important, you know, because there's a lot of conversation, right? Mm-hmm, Defund the police, mm-hmm. reform, mm-hmm. Uh, rip the whole shit up and start over, throw the whole mm-hmm. thing away. I get it. Um, but one of the, the key things for me in any reform conversation is qualified immunity. Because uh, qualified immunity is a, a doctrine. Okay, that says that law enforcement officials are protected from any personal civil liability means they don't have to pay out for their wrongful behavior up and unless it goes against an established constitutional right. And that's a big caveat. And it's, again, almost impossible to prove that it is so fucking hard to get around qualified immunity and hit these officers where it hurts, which is in their pockets personally. Not this, I'm not talking about the city paying out. I'm not talking about the state paying out. The I'm talking about the officer. Exactly. So that's what qualified immunity does, and that's why it's very important. Um, so New York City Council, again, has voted to end qualified immunity. Now it's got some, some caveats. Right now, as the bill stands, it is exclusive to police officers, meaning if you are a corrections officer um, or even a sheriff's deputy, it, 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 it doesn't apply to them. But going Uh, back to how we started this show, Dustin, where you brilliantly pointed out one thing at a time, part of a broader effort. Yeah. That is what this is. So, yes, it needs to be expanded. It needs to absolutely include uh, corrections officers or officers, uh, officials rather, from child protective services and things like that. But in the meantime, and that's what we talk about here on Holding Court. Right. Where is the justice for now in the meantime until... The shit gets where it needs to go. Having qualified immunity off the table for police officers and NYPD is huge. It is important and it's huge. huge. Why is it important? As the council says itself in a quote to the press, to increase accountability. The council will also vote on a bill that will effectively end qualified immunity as a defense for certain civil rights violations. And that's according to their own press release. Um, That's so important. Uh, They go on to say in this press release, Dustin, this New York courts have created their own version of the federal doctrine of qualified immunity, which shields police officers who are performing discretionary functions from civil liability. Just like I said earlier, basically keeps them from having to pay out. Yeah. Now, don't get confused. What New York City is doing here is critical, but it, it applies only to local city and state uh, situations, yeah, meaning, yeah. meaning, if you bring a case against an officer directly under federal law, this does not help you. Okay, this does this this New York City bill does not apply because federally qualified immunity is still very much hard at work protecting mm-hmm. these officers around the bullshit. Which is why, as De Blasio, and I'm not no De Blasio fan, but he's got this part right. De Blasio is saying that this particular new bill has to work together in tandem with the George Floyd has to work in tandem and together with the George Floyd Justice in Policing Act. Now, mm. you're going to hear a lot more about this on holding court over the next several months because y'all, this George Floyd Justice in Policing Act is not perfect, but it's it's as good as we're going to get politically, and I have my reasons for it. Okay. Um, as w- as a way, Dustin, of holding police officers accountable. It's got qualified immunity in this bill. It has got uh, a way of increasing and further scrutinizing the standards of deadly force that officers, when officers get to use that deadly force, it changes the standard from just any reasonable fear uh, to one of recklessness. Um, so that's important. Uh, and it also 
uh, really gets rid of chokeholds. It, it does a lot of things, okay? Yeah. And it's very important that that George Floyd Justice and Policing Act is passed by the United States Senate. The House Democrats have already approved it earlier this month. The next step is to get Senate approval. If and when that happens, D, now it's a whole new ball game in very important ways. The George Floyd Justice and Policing Act also creates a database. Can you believe right now there is no comprehensive national database that can show you in one glance any officer's wrongdoing so that they can't keep doing what they are doing now, Dustin, which is jurisdiction hopping. I killed a kid in, uh, in, in Ohio, as in the case of Tamir Rice, and then I'm going to pop up. So I get fired for that. I'm going to pop up in Florida and apply for another law enforcement job. That database that is created by way of George Floyd justice and policing act can help prevent some of that. So it's important. Yeah, this thing has to move through the Senate quickly. Quickly. Uh, yeah, Got quickly. to happen. Got to happen. And don't worry about it, D. I'm going to fill you in behind the scenes. Um, we are we are doing some very collaborative, uh, cohesive, grassroots work to make Love sure it. that all the players in the culture that Love do it. this work are coordinated. This has to be a coordinated effort. We each have our respective platforms, and that's important. But on this shit here, yeah. we got to be saying the same thing the same way. That's to get right. this through the Senate. Um, but in the meantime, definitely good job, New York City, because yeah. if we can at least start a local national movement, because that's a good way to get it done, too. When you start seeing New York City in qualified immunity, <laughs> you see Atlanta in qualified immunity. You see Ohio in qualified immunity. You see Los Angeles in uh, qualified immunity. Now we get to go to the senators and say, you see what's happening? The people of the country are speaking. Now it's your turn to do your job. That's how yeah. that can look. Yeah, for sure. I like this. Um, and again, this puts New York City in the position um, in the worldview that you spoke of earlier, where we need to be on the cusp of things like this. We need to be a progressive city. Um, and so this is literally, once again, a huge step in the right direction. Huge step, huge step. Um, yes, and it's important, too, to always remember where these fucked up laws come from. Right. So qualified immunity, we have, as usual, uh, Jim Crow South and its bullshit racism oh. to thank for that. Back in 67, which was the height of the civil rights movement and the Freedom Riders and people um, coming down to uh, the deadly South to make sure that black people had rights to vote and live, quite frankly, mm -hmm. that is when we got qualified immunity. It was established in 67 to protect police officers from accountability, paying out civil liability when they terrorized and sometimes even killed the Freedom Riders. Mm. That is exactly uh, the heredity of qualified immunity. So we know wow. that it is fruit from a very poisonous tree yeah. and we got to get rid of that shit. Simple as that. Simple yep. as that. So kind of correlating to qualified immunity and this whole notion of police officer accountability for when they do fucked up shit. Remember Jacob Blake, the brother that was yes, shot yes, uh, yes. yeah, in Kenosha, Wisconsin, in the back seven times? And paralyzed, right? Par but for the grace of God, did not perish, but yeah. instead has been paralyzed from the waist down. And he's still paralyzed to this day. Well, Dustin, he's actually filed suit against the officer specifically. Um, and that's very important. Wisconsin police officer Rustin Shesky. Okay. Uh, so Jacob Blake has filed suit against Shesky. And, you know, this is critical because what I'm anticipating is there's going to be some qualified immunity blockage. Mm -hmm. So what I bet you, Jacob Blake and his legal team are trying to do is, is get around it with that exception to qualified immunity, which is they're going to try to prove that Rustin Shesky's stank ass in shooting this man seven times in the back while you're already holding on to Jacob Blake's shirt. Mm, and Jacob mm, Blake, yeah. Dustin, if you remember the facts of this case, which were outrageous, because Jacob Blake was actually leaving this scene. As he was shot, he was yep. getting into the car. He was trying to flee the scene. Um, and this officer did not even argue that he felt he himself was directly in jeopardy, which is normally what nope. they try to say. Mm -mm. Oh, no, no, no. 
He says that he thought Jacob Blake was trying to kidnap a child in the back seat Come of the vehicle now. that he was driving. So because you thought he might be trying to kidnap a child, you shot this man in the back seven times. Now, putting all the facts out there. Yes, Jacob Blake totally admits that he did have a knife uh, that was uh, recovered. It was on the, the floor of the car. Okay. But as uh, uh, Emory Law Professor Fred Smith Jr. says, and this is so important because I hate this shit in, in the media, after uh, a young black man or woman or child is shot and killed by law enforcement, they'll say, oh, well, he had a gun or he had a knife or she of had course. a this or that. Guess what? The simple presence of a weapon, that is not in and of itself enough to justify deadly force. And I want to clear that up right now. The question is actually whether or not the officer could reasonably believe that that person constituted an imminent threat. And good luck to you, officer, in arguing that you honestly thought Jacob Blake posed an imminent threat as he was leaving the scene and you shot him in his back. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Insane. No Insane. So this civil lawsuit is asking for fair and substantial damages. Uh, and that's that's money, right? To compensate mm -hmm. this brother for the horrific injuries that he has suffered and, and also the expenses that he's probably going to have for life of maintaining his critical care as a paralyzed person, um, his mental anguish and health as a paralyzed person and somebody who's subject of police trauma in this way. Mm -hmm. And of course they're asking for several, several dollars in punitive damages as well as, you know, legally, I believe that they should. And for those wondering, well, you know, why is Jacob Blake and his family, uh, asking, well, I guess really Jacob Blake, um, since he's not deceased, right? Why is Jacob Blake seeking money Right. Well, one reason is because he deserves it and he needs it. The right, other yeah. is because, hell yeah, the other is because the damn DA, as we, if we want to talk about the criminal charges, has already decided in January, just announced, that Shesky nor the other two officers that were at the scene would be criminally charged for their actions. No, hell no. Are you... Mm -hmm. No. No, 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 no. No, it's a mess. So remember, though, this is the Kenosha County District Attorney. So this is the local prosecutor, as is the case with Brianna Taylor, as is the case um, with Derek Chauvin, of course, yeah. whose trial uh, has started with jury selection. But today, uh, as we record holding court for this week, the opening statements have started. And right. my God, I, I just want to encourage everybody, if you are watching that trial in detail, which is a good thing to do, just just be mindful and take care of yourself. Um, if Please. you need to watch it in doses, if you need to take a break, just make sure you're, 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 you're taking care of yourself because it is extremely vicarious trauma is real. Yes, vicarious is. trauma. Be easy with yourself, y'all, as yes. you take in that trial. But as in the case of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and many other cases where local prosecutors refuse to do their job, that is when you do have the opportunity for federal oversight. That is when we still have an opportunity for Joe Biden's administration, led by Department of Justice, by Merrick Garland, to potentially come in, Dustin, and maybe seek some criminal justice in the case of Brother Jacob. We'll see. Please, please let that happen. I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. Yeah, yeah. It's it's indeed something we got to just, you know, stay tuned in on, stay prayed up on. Uh, and we, of course, here at Holden Court will keep you up to date. Now, lastly, on our docket for today, pack docket today, but really good shit. I hope y'all took yeah. notes. <laughs> y'all remember uh, Soho Karen, right? This is the hoe that really had the audacity to accuse this child who accosted was all him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, ac accosted him, assaulted him, Dustin. She yep. was like a fucking linebacker or some shit. She was somebody's O-line or something. Yeah, exactly. Doing, <laughs> Damn. Shit. Like, a line girl. of scrimmage. Yeah, the fuck you doing? A blitz up in this motherfucker. Yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> so she literally accosts this young boy, 14 years old at the time, Kenyon Harold Jr., who's the son of the famed jazz musician Kenyon Harold Sr. Okay. She does this because she thinks this young boy, Dustin, had stolen her cell phone. Mm -hmm. Um, Soho Karen's real name is Maya Ponsetto. Okay. Mm -hmm. So right now what's happening legally is the hotel in New York, the Arlo hotel is being sued by this young boy's father, 
along with his lawyer, Ben Crump, and we all know where, where there's a civil lawsuit, Ben Crump's ass is ben absolutely going to yeah. show up. And, yeah. and and not for nothing, tends to get a very good result for these families. So that's a wonderful thing. Well, that's good, yeah. And that's a good thing. So they're suing the hotel for not doing more to de-escalate the dispute. And in fact, really doing some things that could have really facilitated more problems. Specifically this, the lawsuit talks about. The hotel manager empowered Poinsetto, a.k.a. Mm-hmm. Soho Karen, by asking the minor child to give his cell phone up to prove that he was innocent of the false allegations, In quote. Now, while that's interesting, D, one could argue that that is the hotel facilitating legitimacy to I this mean, woman. Right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, this woman's accosting and accusations um, of this young child. So that they're out of line for that. They're out of pocket for that. And listen, this young boy is, is having very severe trauma. You know, I'm his sure mom, yeah, his mom, Kat Rodriguez, is uh, on record as saying that her son, she says, I can't even hug my son from the back without him cringing. He actually asked me not to affectionately touch him, his back, his shoulders for a while. So he sad. doesn't, isn't it so awful? He doesn't want to visit hotels. He asks us why he started therapy. This has absolutely traumatized him. So once again, because, you know, I, I remember I got into this conversation with beautiful and dope former co-host of State of the Culture, Miss Miss Remy Ma. Mm-hmm, and he's like, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't understand. If someone rapes you or attacks you or assaults you, why the money ask? Why not just get them convicted? I remember and I was, that. Remember that? And I was like, mm-hmm. Remy, here's the situation. A, they're not mutually exclusive. It, justice really is this and that. <laughs> if you really want right. to know yeah, the truth yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Justice is your ass gets locked up and you pay me out. That's, That's truly right. justice. The other part is criminal court has a higher statute of proof, mm-hmm. uh, a, a higher threshold rather of proof. Criminal court has a higher threshold of proof than civil court. In criminal court, you have to prove guilt beyond a reasonable doubt. That is a very high burden to meet. Yes. In civil court, there is a lower threshold. It is simply one of more probable than not. We call it 51%. Oh. Yeah. So that's a big difference. So in the unfortunate case, as is the case in a lot of crimes, the proof just isn't there. It doesn't mean it didn't happen. It doesn't mean it's not horrific and that people aren't hurt and traumatized. It just means that sometimes it's he says, she says, she says, she said, he said, he said, whatever. You know, yeah. so when the proof isn't there, does that mean that there should be no form of justice? I certainly don't think so. I don't either. Right. So that is when you oftentimes see people availing themselves to a civil justice system in the means of restitution and cash payout. That's okay. where that comes from. Uh, I just wanted to break that down because I think a lot of people are curious. I don't think that's just Remy. I think a lot of people are like, well, why do you want to be paid? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. It, 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 it makes it look as if you're not as, um, it, it just makes you look disingenuous. It's, it's, like, it's, yes, yeah. disingenuous, um, as if you're not truly a victim yeah, as, as, you know? as much as just being greedy. And I just want yeah. to clear that up. Yeah. Um, another question is like, why sue the hotel and not raggedy ass Karen in her personal capacity? Uh, uh, Maya Ponsetta. Mm-hmm. Deep pockets, deep pockets doctrine. That's not a real doctrine. But mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but th- but those of us in the legal community, we know what it means. It means right. that in order to recover money, you got to sue somebody with some money. Okay. I mean, it Hello. Suing per- suing niggas one oh one sounds like <laughs> to me like this is this is you got to start it for the big grab. You know. You do. You do. So so listen. I don't know Maya Ponsetto's situation, but from all reports, it's not as if we think of her to be particularly wealthy. No. So listen, they could sue her. That's fine. But if the bitch is broke, you get no recovery because all that judgment is good for is the piece of paper is written on. You can't actually recover any damages. So the only people involved here that they can actually recover from is the Arla Hotel. So Mm -hmm. that is probably why there is now a suit against the hotel itself, because they've got the deep pockets. They've got the insurance and and they they can actually pay that phone. So and since they, they exactly. asked to see the phone, damn it, now you're complicit. You asked to see the phone. You asked that this young child even avail himself to this bitch's questions. That's right. Um, so now you have some liability. A drunk bitch. I just saw <laughs> footage of her um, fighting against an officer, resisting mm-hmm. arrest. She's just a terrible, terrible person. She's she a ter- She's a terror. Yeah, a, a she terror. literally is. She needs to be stopped in her fucking tracks. That's who needs to get locked up. 
So now, not only do we need this lawsuit, she needs to be punished and locked up. Behind yeah, her. and she still is, to be clear. So, and again, two things can be true at the same time. The Arlo right. Hotel can be held civilly liable and need to pay out, and uh, yo ass Maya Pinsetto, a.k.a. Right. Soho Karen, she is awaiting a court date as we speak for her to answer criminally for the assaulting of this young man, as she really? should. I know some people. I got some. You want to try to snatch somebody's phone out of some hand? I know some girls that'll give it to your ass. So why don't yeah, you, you got to s- try to snatch their phones and let's see what happens. Let's right. Ass. Pick up somebody your own size, bitch. Yeah. Listen, Dustin got a squad up in here. I'm not trying, to, and I'm not trying to see him. <laughs> I'm not trying to see him. I'm gonna be very honest with you. I don't want to see them in the streets. I don't want to see Dustin's goons. You crazy, no. because no. you want them. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> don't tell nobody. That's our secret. Okay, Dustin, I'm not fooling with you today. Listen, y'all. Great, great docket. I was really excited to get this out here. I really hope y'all took some some good nuggets from what uh, D and I are putting down this week about yes. modifying that high ass child support if you think it's egregious. Yeah. Uh, how to go about effectively trying to attain a restraining order if you're feeling violated. Uh, and all the other things. Avail yourself if, if that's your cup of tea to this new recreational marijuana New yes. York City is putting down yes. and, and all of the things. Um, so really listen, it, it was it's, it's a good rich docket for you today. And with that, thank you guys so much for listening. Y'all know how much we appreciate you jurors. You are the reason we do this show. Yes, Please right. y'all follow, subscribe, uh, give us a review. We read those reviews each and every one of them. It informs the way we produce this show and that is so important to us. Make sure you t- tell Tell your mama, tell your friends, tell your cousins, tell everybody, get the word out. Holding Court, y'all, it's here to stay. Holding Court comes to you from Uppity Productions in association with Dossie Media, also presented to you by the Black Effect Network from iHeartRadio. Audio services, as always, provided by One of One Productions. Shout out Fela, Dennis, Joy, we love y'all. Yes, Check them out. Do. Yes, at one of one productions.com. And listen, Join us next week. Y'all know court's going to be back in session. We're going to have updates on the Derek Chauvin case and so much more. And in the meantime, stay safe. If you can get this vaccine, y'all get it. The recovery is not that bad and it is so worth it. So we can get back to life, y'all. Keep your faith. Stay prayed up. And Dustin Ross, what you want the people to do? Read your terms and definitely pay close attention to conditions.